All right. Well, welcome to the Leadership Pathway podcast. I'm excited for this. We're doing a series of short episodes talking about some key, just some key factors, things that we've seen that are topics we come into all the time, all around this topic of developing young leaders for ministry. Uh, I want to, this, this first one's just about getting us familiar with the topic. And I'm, I'm Sean Badir. I work on the team at Leadership Pathway. I've, I've been a part of it with these guys since we started. Dave and Kristen Miller, the co-founders. It's great to be here. Oh, it's good to have you guys I'm here. so glad Thanks you're hosting. Yeah. Oh, yeah? I can tell you're glad I'm hosting. Yeah. This is great. I'm enjoying this. I'm going to work on some email. You have just... no idea what I'm going to ask. It's great. <laughs> if you need me, let, just tap me on the shoulder. It's awesome. Okay, so, I mean, this is, you know, our history on this goes back. Leadership Pathway is about four years old. Uh, for the last four years, we've, you know, been working with churches all over the country. Uh, but this started before that. So Dave, I want you to talk a little bit first just about why this topic is something you've come back to over and over. I can tell you as somebody who's worked with you, who is not you, that I sense that like a little, like there's like hesitancy in you about this topic, about like going all the way in. <clears throat> like this took I, some sort of push yeah, for you. Took a push. Uh, you know, way it, it starts for me in my 20s. I made a bad hire. I've been a bad hire, both, you know, a decade later, I, I was a bad hire for an organization, which we won't name. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think I mainly graduated from the School of Hard Knocks. My 20s were spent, like most people today in their 20s, just angst-ridden, wondering what was next, wa- wanting to quit most Tuesdays, but somehow got through that into something else. The last 15 years, all over the country working with a variety of churches on a variety of topics, not just on staffing and and residency. And no matter if I'm there to talk about a building or an overpriced lighting system or strategy or raising money, it always comes back to people. Where are the people that could do this? We've got enough money, we've got a plan, we've got the stuff, we've got smart people there, but we just need to hire a, and they're not there. And so I've been involved in a variety of staffing things, helping people, but somebody's got to get upstream and call a generation to do it. Like we're over-educated, check. We're good on education in America. We're really good at it, by the way. We've got some great colleges, seminaries, universities. And, and, and you know, we could debate it forever, but I would say there's enough, spirit, there's enough of uh, spiritual formation products in last year's landfills. We've got a lot of effort there, and it's and it's getting harder. It's worse today than it was five years or ten years ago. Yeah, and the sink or swim model you experienced doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, doesn't work because we never really we we're like, well, it worked for me. I walked up the hill both ways, and nobody. But we what we don't count are the ninety nine other people that it didn't work for, yeah. and we're killing ourselves in that. Yeah. What would you say? How about you, Kristen? I would completely agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, I ha- I have been a part of ministry as a volunteer, as a pastor's wife, and as a church staff member, and um, and then I've also recruited young people to ministry, and um, the need is great. We know the harvest is uh, plentiful, and the workers are few, and um, I think that. And actually, before Jesus said that, he said, "You all have a saying around here. We'll get to it tomorrow." It's sort of like if you translate mm-hmm. that out, I'm not, mm-hmm. I never, I failed Greek, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure he said, 
you got to say, we'll get to this tomorrow. And if there's one thing we've experienced, is we'll, we'll do that next year. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to do that this year. Mm-hmm. Well, and I do think about... Um, when we were at a church in Las Vegas and we had these, we had three young people every Saturday that would come help set up the, the stage, the, the tech. And I think about these young people and how dynamic and on fire and did we call them? Did we tap them? And I think we squandered that opportunity. And, and looking back, I think I don't want to do that anymore. And it's it's on us to do it. Yeah, I think there are people still in ministry uh, because they were there. But did I, when I was 28, 30 years old, was I waking up thinking, okay, who, who am I going to call into this? What plan do I have to help coach them towards no, no? My hair was on fire and I was working at a church. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, a, you know, this is this whole thing of bringing in young, not just bringing in young leaders, but like walking with them as they get developed those first early years. I like guess it's an uphill battle. It's a lot of work for the church. It's a lot of work for the resident to stick with it. Uh, you guys, you you know, you have years of experience now, both sides of that, walking with churches, keeping them in the game on this difficult thing with candidates, keeping candidates in the game. Uh, what's the thing, what's the thing that keeps you pushing towards that, that makes you realize that this is, that this is so important. We can't, we can't keep pushing it off. Uh, well, beyond the church stuff, which I won't talk about, but you know, all that stuff that's true about the church. And we, and we both, we give to a lot of things. We give to a lot of missions. We give to we love Habitat for Humanity and the YMCA and Big Brothers, and we love Save the Whales and the Ants and the Snails, but nothing's going to transform a local community like a banging church that's actually advancing. Nothing. So I won't talk about that. But what I will talk about are when you meet, I'm just going to say young 20-somethings because we can't say millennial anymore because they're like, yeah, like what, push, they're pushing 40. Yeah. Uh, so Gen Z. Gen yeah. Z. Yeah. Well, we don't, let's and not say that because that, that'll yeah. change next year. <laughs> Later. So young 20-somethings, uh, they have all the tools in the world, and the good ones are awesome. And they're, we were talking to a couple, and I, and I was comparing my path to their, their – you're like 10 years ahead of, of where I was when I was young like you. They're like 15 or 20 years ahead. And uh, our friend Andy Dykhouse, who made up this thing called the Scale of Awesome, remember that? And what are you doing between age 20 and 25 puts you on this trajectory – and for the ones that are called, I used to say gifted. I don't, I don't know. The ones who are called, who try, and who are passionate about it, you get them on a path they're going to achieve. It's going to be amazing. So the potential that's there. Now, the leadership pathway part of that, we can't just keep throwing billions. We're, we're killing ourselves in a business sense of what we're spending to not have talented people doing this. And it's reached whatever's right before stupid. That's where we are. It's almost stupid what we're doing in the name of preparing people. And it's not working. It's never really worked. And we're just now probably realizing it at some level. That's what makes me want to... Somebody's got to build something for the future. Well, and I, you know, Sean, I also think about how um, churches across across the country, across the world, you know, are looking at multiplying themselves, whether it's having multi-site, whether it's planting churches, and there continues to be a vacancy of 
workers in those roles. And so um, I, I think about how, yes, we want to find quali- quality people that are gifted and talented, but are we looking around who's next to us? Who's the young person that is right before our eyes at are we tapping them? Are we saying, I see this potential in you, not just, hey, let's let's multiply ourselves. Let's let's multiply like what's right in front of us. And I think I think at the core, you know, we've talked about how there's a long game and a short game and staffing does require, you know, looking at the various sources and organizations that can help you find someone today. But long term, we got to have a plan for who's going to be the next person 10 years from now, 20 years from now, and that's going to keep the church vibrant. Um, because as we look across everywhere, really, the the senior leadership continues to get older and older, and the disparity in the generations are very prevalent. I mean, in this season of this podcast, we're going to talk to some 24, 25-year-old leaders. When I was that age, the oldest person I knew was 35 working with me. And that guy was old. He was my boss. The senior vet was 35 years old. The keynote speakers at the conferences I went to, 30, 12 years older than me. The only person 25 years old was like the dean at the school who was irrelevant to me, uh, my dad, you know, old, super old people. So right now, we got pastors who are 55 to 60, late 60s, mid to late, mid to late 60s middle to late, late, late 60s, hiring, wanting to reach millennials, and they've been saying it for 15 years, and they're hiring 24-year-olds on their team, and their 30s, are you kidding me? Like the the conversational gap, the generational gap between them yeah. is crazy. Who's going to take the poll? It's a good thing we're bad at church planting. We're pretty bad at it, and it's probably a good thing, because who would work at all these dynamic places if we had? So who's gonna pre, who's going to do this? That's the maddening, that's the maddening piece. Kind of the problem we're in love with that keeps yeah. us rocking forward. It's good. We can keep talking about this. This is great. It's gonna be a great little series here. So thanks for thanks for doing this. 